0: You know, with movies such as the hugely popular Jaws franchise, sharks are among Hollywood's favorite vicious killers. Yet the truth is, sharks are not the hunters so much as they are the hunted. In large parts of the ocean, shark populations are down by 90% due to overfishing, driven in part by a demand for shark fins. In a cruel practice called shark finning, sharks are caught alive to have their fins brutally cut off. The rest of the shark is wasted, thrown back into the ocean to bleed to death suffocate or be eaten alive. And while the popular image of sharks as monsters of the sea might make it easy to overlook their suffering, not only are they not the man-eaters they've been made out to be, but sharks play an important role in keeping populations of other fish healthy and in proportion for the ecosystem. Here to talk about shark finning and the importance of sharks is Kevin Sullivan from Shark Savers. Uh, growing up in southern Wyoming, Kevin Sullivan gained an interest in nature at an early age. The interest was continually encouraged and nourished by his mother, a science teacher, at a Wyoming middle school. After becoming SCUBA certified in 2002, he became increasingly interested in and concerned for ocean conservation issues. Following a dive trip to the Sea of Cortez and learning of the dramatic depletion in shark populations from overfishing, he made a personal commitment to become more actively involved in ocean conservation. Kevin has served in various capacities for nine years on the board of his local dive club, the Pacific Explorers, where he's currently fulfilling a fourth term as its president, He's a certified Reef Check California citizen scientist, where he actively participates in local surveys of the California nearshore rocky reef ecosystem. He's also previously volunteered for California Ships to Reefs as part of their Speakers Bureau and Public Relations Committee. And his biography goes on and on. Quite an accomplished resume, and he is uh, active with Shark Savers and joins us this morning. Good morning, Kevin.
1: Good morning, Jared. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Thank you so much for being here. And uh, just a quick question. Do you spend more time on land or at sea? Or more time, well, actually, more time, dry or in the water. Uh, I
1: my uh, my my day job is is a land job, so uh, that kind of keeps me landlocked for part of it. <laughs> but I certainly spend as much of my uh, free time out on the ocean as I possibly can.
0: Well, then you're you're uh, certainly uh, someone qualified to talk about shark savers and the problem of shark finning. Thanks uh, so much for joining us. Why don't we begin? Um, by By talking about shark fishing, I think when, when people think of commercial fishing, they probably think of tuna salmon and uh, and the like. but apparently uh, there 's a commercial demand for sharks. so explain to our listeners exactly what the demand is for sharks. Why would people fish for shark um,
1: there are There are a few uh, lesser um Markets for shark meat, which they're certainly targeted for, and specifically the California shark fishery targets um, threshers and, to a lesser extent, makos, Um, many people may recognize if you go into any local Albertsons or or Vons or any of the major uh, uh, grocery stores, you'll see shark meat uh, in the the seafood section there. Um, There are some products, some cosmetic products do use shark liver oil. If you look at a cosmetic product and you see shark uh, squalene listed, that's that's basically shark liver oil Um, and but clearly the main uh, targeted fishery for sharks is as you mentioned in your opening, uh, shark fin. Shark fins are worth more uh, than 250 times the rest of the shark body. Shark meat is not considered a very high-value product. In fact, it's, it's, for for the most part, largely been considered a junk fish, and, and uh, they have not been uh, targeted for these other products uh, significantly. Um, but the, the main product and the main, the main reason for the overfishing of sharks has clearly been shark fin, which is used in a Chinese delicacy known as shark fin soup. So that's, that's the main reason for targeting sharks, uh, is to support the demand for shark fin.
0: So we, we heard a little bit about the description of, of shark finning, and uh, can you explain to us exactly how it's done, what happens to the sharks once the fins are obtained? Tell, in, in case there's any doubt, exactly what is shark finning?
1: Okay, um, uh, shark finning is a, a very deplorable and, and inhumane and wasteful process whereby our shock, sharks are caught, brought back on, brought onto the fishing boat, the fins are removed, they're cut off from the shark while the shark is still alive, and then the shark is thrown back in the ocean still alive, where they either drown, bleed to death, or they're consumed by other animals in the ocean. Um, uh um, most people may know that, that sharks have to um, swim. They have to keep moving to keep the flow of, of oxygenated water going over their gills to breathe. If they don't have their fins, they can't swim and they, they they drown. Or clearly, you know, cutting off their fins, they'll they'll bleed to death. And it's it's a very long and uh, and and drawn out process. It's it's not pleasant. It's uh, it's it's just a just a deplorable process. And um, the, pro- the real problem is um, most of the sharks caught uh, in the targeted fisheries are killed this way. Um, and the reason for that is if you imagine a fisherman who's out there and he's targeting shark strip fins, he can carry a lot more weight on his boat, if he just cuts the fins off and keeps them and throws the rest of the shark away because um, you know the fin is less than is, is maybe five percent of the shark's body weight. so, Uh, he can carry a lot more weight on his boat in fins if he just discards the rest of the shark. And and as I mentioned before, the rest of the shark is not worth much. Um, the, The shark fins themselves are worth, you know, over 250 times more than the rest of the shark because of the value for them for the shark fin and shark fin soup trade.
0: In case you're just joining us, we are talking about the practice of shark finning. Our guest is uh, Kevin Sullivan from Shark Savers, uh, taking a look at the impact that uh, shark finning has not only on the suffering of the animal, but uh, we will certainly expand a bit and take a look at how it affects the ecosystem. But, you know... I came across Shark Savers at World Fest, which is, you know, an environmental, vegan, animal rights kind of uh, gathering that takes place each year in uh, the San Fernando Valley here in Southern California. And you've got, you know, so many different organizations, anything from, you know, uh, you know help rescuing, you know, little puppies and kittens to, you know, factory farms where you see people cuddling, uh, you know, cows and, and pigs and so forth. And then there's shark savers, and if you could just tell our listeners a bit about what kind of reaction do you get when you tell people that uh, you are involved with shark savers, because there is such a negative perception of sharks. You know, I I remember in grade school, there was, uh, boy, was it uh, one of the, the Canterbury Tales, or the Cavalier Poets, and it was a poem, To a Mouse and To a Louse. And there was uh, a little mouse, a little field mouse, that kept eating all the crops and so forth. And the farmer kept saying, you know, shoo, shoo, little field mouse, shoo, little field mouse. You know, you're so cute, but stop eating my crops. And then later in the day, he had... You know, a flea or a tick or something in his hair, and he, you know, vile, disgusting creature living off of my body and so forth. And the point of the poem, there 's is a long setup for a question, but the point of the poem was that it's in the nature of a field mouse to do what a field mouse does. It's in the nature of lice to do what lice are going to do. And there seems to be this this n- s- stereotype or this negative perception of a shark because a shark is what a shark is. So how do you gain the attention of people who seem to care about animals but might be dismissive of sharks because, after all, they're more akin to the, the, the louse, is my point.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah the, the media portrayal of sharks has certainly not been um, a good, you know, portraying them as... as good animals. Um, you know, you mentioned Jaws at the opening of your show today, and certainly whenever there is a, um, a shark, you know, a classified a shark attack, uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's for, foremost in the news as a, as a horrible thing. I just saw a...I uh, just saw a report... Um, um, out of Florida where um, a couple of divers were uh, left behind by their dive boat and the reporter went out of his way to, to make sure he mentioned well they were left in shark infested waters uh, well guess what people if you're if you put a foot in the ocean you're in shark infested waters exactly. okay sharks are that's where the sharks live um, the reality about sharks is that only about Uh, Ten people or less per year are killed by sharks worldwide. You are in greater danger of being killed by your own dog in the United States. Over 30 people per year, by contrast, are killed just in the United States by your furry little pet. So the portrayal of sharks as, as these massive um, man-eaters and, and hunters of men and enemies of men is, is very, very mischaracteristic. Um, I've spent a, um, a good amount of time with sharks in the water. I've been in, uh, in the water at Cocos Island with hundreds, literally hundreds, of hammerhead sharks around me. Um, I've swam with uh, 14-foot tiger sharks in the Bahamas, no cage, um, was able to pet one, um, as, as she swam by me, I spent over four hours in the water that day with both those tiger sharks around me and never felt threatened uh, for a minute. Um, and the reality is, uh, for the most part, when, when there is an, an incident between humans and sharks, it's generally a shark mistake. As uh, Jim Abernethy, he's a, he's a shark dive operator out of uh, West Palm Beach, Florida, he, he really characterizes it correctly when he calls it a shark mistake. Usually when it happens is the shark um, either mistakes what it sees in the water as a potential fish, you know, if you look at a, at a human's foot as it sits there in the water it could look as a, you know, um, very much like a, a fish. Um, and so... Uh, they bite and they and then as soon as they bite, they find out. Oh, wait a minute! That's not what I thought it was, and they let go. And this is really true about the case um, of great white attacks. Um, very, very few actually great white attacks on humans have resulted in death. It's usually um, a case of the shark is curious. Um, sharks do not have hands. Um, uh to to feel things to try and figure out what they are so what they do is they take a little little test bite to see well i don't really know what that is but it might be good so i'll check it out uh and then as soon as they they realize that it's not um uh not a food item then they they release it and they move on um
0: you know it's interesting i'm sorry go ahead
1: uh yeah um uh, one one case that Jim made with us when we were on our, when we were on our trip in the Bahamas. If, if look if if uh, if people were on sharks menus, if we were really a food item for them, no human would ever be able to set foot in the ocean ever because they'd just be waiting off the shore, waiting for us because we are such easy prey in the ocean. We are so bumblingly. Bad at hitting around in the ocean, that they it would be a slam dunk for them. So if we were really on the menu, you would not see millions of people in the ocean during the summer because it would just be a feeding frenzy, and that never, never, ever happens. So yeah, it, it's it, a it, testament to their to what does not happen.
0: There's a link on the Shark Savers website, which we should point out is uh, sharksavers.org, uh, org, that you know looks at myths. Um, you know, it's under the education. Uh, link on Shark Savers, and um, I think there's a chart that shows, you know, injuries, fatalities from, you know, bicycle accidents, and a whole host of things. And I'm I'm a criminologist, and so one of the things that I always have to emphasize to to my students is that the typical crime is not. Serial killer, the typical crime is not uh, a stranger who 's committing an act against uh, against you it 's someone you know, and the typical theft the typical crime is theft and property crime and so forth and one of the examples of of the culture of fear that we live in uh, that I always use, you know we forget what was in the headlines on september tenth two thousand and one, and your website actually has it. It was a Time magazine you know, cover story about shark attacks. There was, that summer, there were a few high-profile incidents of shark attacks, and so Time Magazine, and I remember the New York Times and so forth, decided to have national coverage of shark attacks, even though the bulk of our nation is landlocked. And it, it, it just shows that there is this, this hype over things that are so far removed from, from the reality of actual risk.
1: Absolutely true. Yeah, they actually called that uh, the summer of, 2000, um, of 2001 was called the Summer of the Shark uh, because there were three fatalities in Florida, and they were shark mistakes. They were in low-visibility water. And, and actually that year, 23, if I remember the statistic, 23 people were killed by dogs that year in the United States. Wow. Well, so they didn't call it the Summer of the Dog. Right. But, yeah, it's, it's, uh, and that's what's unfortunate is, is – um, and what should really be the story is not the fact that less than 10 people per year are killed by sharks. The real story should be that as many as 73 million sharks are finned every year for a bowl of soup.
0: And so let's explore that. Before we get to I- exactly what's so great about shark fin soup, let's just make sure we understand. So the the stereotype, of course, is the great white. Are all sharks f- f- um victims of sharp shark finning or are, are all fins created equal when it comes to sharks or is there one particular type of shark that is more in demand?
1: There is no particular shark that is in demand. Any shark is fair game for the finning industry. Um, we've seen um, uh, fins from everything from uh, the whale shark which is the largest fish in the ocean and they eat plankton. Um, we've seen uh, great white fins. Every shark is game. We've seen everything from the largest shark to even um, we've seen uh, fins in, in markets as small as uh, your thumbnail. So any fin is fair game for this market. It's it's really indiscriminate. Um, uh, even the great white, you know, the, the characteristic great white that everybody points to. Um, um, I, I saw an interesting statistic statistic um, and it came from the web so I, I haven't gotten a, a confirmation on it but I saw some statistic that said uh, everybody thinks of tigers in the wild as being greatly endangered right um, but there are actually less great white sharks in the ocean as there are tigers in the jungles of Asia now
0: you know when we were speaking uh, off uh, off the air yesterday you had mentioned um, a, a nice analogy between shark finning and uh, Animal poaching, could you just explain that to listeners
1: absolutely we um uh, we draw a direct analogy people are very, probably very familiar with the ivory trade. Uh, elephants and rhinos um, uh were in the eighties were were driven to near extinction due to the um, due to the ivory trade which the animals were killed their their tusks and the rhino you know horns removed, and the animals the rest of the animal just left there. To, um, to rot away uh, simply for the ivory trade and that's exactly what's happening with the shark fin trade uh, sharks are being killed for less than 5% of their body and um, but for that, that less than 5% of their, their body is, is very valued in, in the trade um, so it's a high, um, high profit item where, where the rest of the animals is worth nothing
0: and this and this is all for a a soup that's considered a delicacy and yet reading about shark fin soup on the website you mentioned that the fin itself doesn't really have any any flavor or taste it's just a a thickener is that correct explain that Yeah
1: it's a thickener or or a type of noodle I, I'd like to kind of tell tell your audience about exactly what shark fin soup is It's um shark fin soup um it's a Chinese delicacy delicacy, it was traditionally enjoyed only by the emperors and the very elite and wealthy in China. Uh, What what occurred is with the economic boom in China in the late 80s, early 90s and um, continuing to to today, um, the economic boom created a new population, a greater population of very wealthy and upper middle class, upper middle class uh, Chinese citizens. So as people became more affluent in China, they, more and more of them can afford to, to have shark fin soup. And shark fin sh- soup is a, is a status symbol. That's, that's its place in Chinese tradition is that when you are finally wealthy enough, you can afford to have guests at your party have shark fin soup because you finally made it, made, made it so high up that you can now provide this to your guests. It's also been very popular at weddings as well to show, look, um, your your son or daughter is marrying into a family that is affluent, and we're so uh, affluent we can afford to give you shark fin soup at our wedding. But because of the greater uh, Chinese affluence now, more and more people can afford shark fin soup and are are consuming it. And what we saw is in the late 80s, early 90s, a huge boom in in um, in the trade for shark fins, to the point that now um, uh, as many as 73 million sharks per year are killed only for their fins, and so this specific um, this specific trade is causing the collapse of uh, shark populations in the wild. So, to more directly answer your last question, yeah, the, the fin is what the, what they do with the fin is they soak it, they completely remove all the outer all the outer skin and muscle. So they leave just the cartilage of the fin. It's then soaked for days uh, in a broth, uh, so that it becomes very uh, gelatinous, and then it's uh, it's served in the soup. Um, and the the fin itself, if I served if I served you a bowl of shark fin soup of, of just boiled shark fin, you'd vomit because there's nothing there. It's, it has no taste. Um, shark fin soup is generally Chicken broth, beef broth, seafood broth with lots of spices and herbs to give it this great taste. But the bin itself is nothing. It's simply there as a noodle or, as you mentioned, a thickener. Mm-hmm.
0: If you're just joining us, you're in tune to KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM, KUCI.org on the Internet. This is Justice or Just Us. And we are joined on the line by Kevin Sullivan from Shark Savers talking about the Uh, the problem of shark finning. Now, you certainly don't have to convince me uh, about the problems of shark finning and and why I should care about uh, the suffering of sharks. But if there are listeners out there who say, well, I eat meat, and so what's the difference? You know, if I fish for, for tuna or salmon, why should I not, you know care about sharks, explain to listeners why sharks are important for the ecosystem and why people should care about them.
1: Sure, absolutely. Sharks are extremely critical to our ocean's ecology, and the reason for that is that sharks are apex predators. What they do is they keep uh, the rest of the fish populations in their ecosystems under control. Um, And this has been shown time and time again. When you remove an apex predator from a local ecosystem, it collapses. And a great example of this is off the eastern seaboard of the United States. And this is fairly recent, Uh, uh, late 80s, early, uh, I'm sorry, late 90s, early 2000s. um, Sharks were overfished in an area that had a scallop fishery. Well, when the sharks were removed from that ecosystem, the rays that inhabited that same area their populations exploded because they were the natural prey of the sharks in that area. When the ray population exploded, they, they consumed all of the scallops in the area, and so a hundred-year-old scallop fishery literally collapsed because they overfished the sharks in that area. So what happens is sharks have to be in place to keep the, the lesser populations of fish populations under control. There have also been examples of coral reef systems collapsing because you remove the sharks from that ecosystem, there's an explosion of the, the next size fish in, in the area. They eat all the smaller fish which keep the reef clean from algae. To keep, they keep algae and other growth off the coral reef so it can flourish. When you have that explosion of the larger fish, they consume all the smaller, cleaner fish, and now the coral reef system collapses. If you remove an a- apex predator from a from an ecosystem, it's going to collapse. That it's been proven time and time again, and that's what sharks are worldwide. Regardless of of the species of sharks, they are the control system, the, the top controller for ecosystem and if you remove them that it's just devastation occurs so let's say uh, you enjoy having seafood well if you remove all the sharks from the ocean the rest of your seafood uh, supply is going to collapse and it happens fairly rapidly so it's really important that we maintain healthy populations of sharks in the oceans so that we weed out I mean sharks eat in order of preference they eat the sick, the weak, the dead, and the dying, so uh, without sharks in um, in in the oceans, those that kind of control does not occur, and you don 't have healthy fish populations
0: you know that 's one of the things that I really uh, like about the website shark savers and uh, for listeners it's sharksavers dot org is that it does draw the connection not only between the suffering of of animals but also uh, environmental conservation, and you know I am vegan and i 'm vegan for for lots of reasons. I really got uh, uh, adopted a vegan diet because of of the cruelty of factory farming and so forth, and then I started learning more about the environmental aspects, and of course it it certainly makes sense because when you destroy an uh, animal's habitat. You're you're harming animals, and and vice versa. And I found that it's a really good way to reach out to people who might not otherwise care about an issue that I care about is to point out the you know there are environmentalists who eat meat not putting two and two together and so I really like the fact that your your website and your organization um, really draws that connection that okay look if, if you're not going to be sympathetic to the shark at least recognize that this has a, a bigger and broader environmental impact and uh, I think yeah, that that's imp- absolutely true yeah. yes absolutely so tell our listeners what is being done about this uh, this issue of shark finning is it catching fire um, locally, nationally, globally, because I, I would suspect that there would be sympathetic people, perhaps at the local level, but what about internationally? If you, if you are you know, talking about something that's considered a cultural delicacy, that must be an uphill battle.
1: It can be yes, and and uh, there, but actually, um, there are some very, very good things happening both locally here in California, in the United States, and also globally. Um, last year, things really started to heat up in terms of of uh, the conservation groups really realizing we have got to stop this the the overfishing of sharks uh, in our oceans and it kind of started off with um, of course there 's been shark conservation going on uh, of course before last year, but, but really there was a ramp-up in, in um, uh, awareness. And it, it started with, um, in Hawaii, the state of Hawaii enacted the very first ban in the world on shark fin. It is illegal to possess, sell, or trade shark fins in the state of Hawaii as of last, uh, uh, last July. And what that did was that started, that kicked off the realization that, hey, look, if Hawaii can do this, why can't the rest of us? And uh, it did kick off a, 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 uh, a movement for legislative banning of shark fins. And I'm very, very happy to say that um, in the United States now, uh, Hawaii kicked it off last year. This year, Washington and Oregon have already have passed the bill. And uh, just last month, the California legislature passed AB 376, which makes it illegal to possess, sell, or trade shark bins in the state of California. That bill is now sitting on uh, Jerry Brown's desk waiting for his signature, and uh, he has to take action by tomorrow. Uh, And that will become law so uh, one thing that your listeners could really do is uh, contact uh, governor, uh, governor jerry brown 's office and um, and let them know that they want him to sign that bill into law uh, if he does not actively veto it by default goes into law after uh, after tomorrow but we certainly want that that symbolism of, of uh, Governor Brown to put his uh, put his signature on that saying that california um, uh, Will no longer tolerate this this kind of a of a wasteful and and inhumane trade. And n- also, in addition to uh, the the fin the, the, uh, ban legislation, we've seen a, a huge increase in the number of countries that are now declaring shark sanctuaries. And shark sanctuaries are where countries are declaring their international their uh, their national waters uh, as places where shark fishing cannot occur and that's occurred in uh, uh, the Bahamas Honduras Palau uh, and just uh, just recently the Marshall Islands just last week declared um, their entire uh, their entire uh, ocean area as a shark sanctuary and that is seven hundred and fifty thousand square miles of ocean that is now off limits to fishing and also uh, just in the last couple of weeks, Mexico has stated that next year they're going to declare um, uh, at least a moratorium on shark fishing in in Mexican waters, which is a huge deal because that's where a lot of the finning, uh, Central and South America is where a lot of the fins are coming through uh, the United States on their way to Asia.
0: And what about the Chinese government?
1: Amazingly enough, and this was why it was really important for California. And by the way, and we can talk about this if you like. We uh, when when AB 376, the the Shark Fin Bill, got to the Senate in California, we hit a huge amount of resistance and opposition. That the opposition uh, paid for the two most uh, powerful lobby organizations in Sacramento to fight this bill in the California Senate. And there were a couple points where it became uh, rather, uh, rather dicey for us. But once California, the California Senate, passed AB 376, all of a sudden the rest of the world looked at that and said, look, if they can do it in California, there's real hope for us. And I'm very happy to say that uh, in Taiwan, in Hong Kong, and mainland China, there are now very public uh, and very high-profile movements to, to uh, move to ban the fin trade, which is, for that to happen in Hong Kong, which is ground zero for the shark fin trade, is huge. So I'm very happy to report that there's great things happening globally.
0: And so the most immediate thing listeners can do is contact Governor Jerry Brown's office. The phone number is 916-445-2841. Again, the number is 916-445-2841, or you could certainly check it out online. You go to Governor Brown's uh, homepage, and uh, please encourage him to sign it, because certainly his signature is... uh, is kind of a seal of approval. It's an endorsement of sorts, rather than just letting the the bill become law.
1: Absolutely, and I and I would note that once the uh, once the bill got passed the Senate, the lobbyists didn't stop. They've been pushing Governor Brown very hard to uh, to veto that bill. In fact, uh, they enlisted uh, former San Francisco Mayor Willie Brown to personally go to Governor. Uh, Jerry Brown and encourage and try to get him to veto this bill. Um, we're talking about some very powerful lobby organizations here that um, and i've I've seen it personally i've I've seen the uh, the uh, the power that they can wield in Sacramento um, it's the kind of thing that makes everybody really uh, distrust our political process because they're not basic basing their arguments on fact um, they're just uh, it's, it's really interesting how that all works. So uh, once it got past the, uh, the state Senate, they, they even increased their pressure on the lobby organizations even harder to go, to go push on Governor Brown. So it's really important that the public at large tell him that he needs to sign AB 376 into law.
0: And finally, Kevin Sullivan, tell our listeners a bit about Shark Savers in general. What other issues are of priority for your organization?
1: Well, one thing uh, that's really interesting that, um, that you talked about earlier is, uh, uh, well, first of all, Shark Savers is, a, is one thing that really drew me to this organization is that there are a lot of, a lot of uh, ocean conservancy organizations like, uh, you know, of course, the most public one is Sea Shepherds, Oceana, uh, Wild Aid, all have, uh, you know, a, ver- a myriad of ocean conservancy programs or campaigns. The Shark Savers is one of the only organizations I know about there that is uh, tar- um, uh, that our mission is specifically to to stop the depletion of shark and ray populations in the wild. Um, we work with uh, a lot of our programs uh, are are working with uh, governments to to recognize the value of sharks to their economies and to their ecosystems, the value of shark tourism, that a shark a dead shark may be worth. Um, $150 on the dock, but a live shark is worth millions of dollars in tourism in the ocean if you keep it alive. Um, uh, working with governments to identify areas where that can be uh, uh, declared as shark sanctuaries. We were one of the, one of the first uh, organizations to work uh, actually in the country of Belize to, to work with uh, the government there to uh, declare areas... Uh, uh, off-limits for shark fishing so that they could study uh, Glover's Reef there in, in Belize. So uh, that's, that's one of our main goals is to work with governments to declare shark sanctuaries, but also um, uh, to let people know um, how their consumership affects the populations in the wild. And I mentioned previously that, uh, you know, shark meat in, uh, in your local grocers uh, avoiding cosmetics that, uh, that have squalene in them, cartilage supplement products that are um, taken from sharks. Um, and also a big problem for shark populations, um, shark populations are actually very damaged as bycatch from the tuna and swordfish fisheries. Um, you know, you throw a bunch of hooks or, or nets out there in the ocean and you just kind of get what comes up, and sharks are very impacted by um, the tuna and swordfish fisheries. So understanding the impact of those fisheries is also part of our uh, our goal as well.
0: So it's almost a misnomer when we call it dolphin-safe tuna. It should be dolphin, shark, and so many other types of uh, wildlife in the there's, sea. Yeah, there's,
1: there's really no form of fishing that's safe. I mean, it's... Um, sure. Um, We've gotten really good at extracting things from the ocean without understanding their impact. Uh, you know, the cases of bottom trawling that just completely destroy entire ecosystems by dragging dragging ne- nets along the bottom of the ocean, just, just destroying everything in their path. Uh, long lining that, that literally puts out... Um, Tens of thousands of hooks on on miles and miles of uh, fishing lines. Um, they pull up. I mean, long lines pull up turtles. They pull up uh, dolphins. They put whatever whatever happens to hit the bait. Um, mm. uh, we've gotten really good at extracting from the ocean and and not really understanding what we're doing before we do it. And that's one of the things that Shark Savers is is really focused on is is understanding. What are the impacts of these practices and how do we, how do we stop, uh, stop that impact?
0: And listeners can find out more about Shark Savers by going to sharksavers.org. And uh, certainly we encourage them to uh, call Jerry Brown's office today and encourage him to sign that bill. Kevin Sullivan, I want to thank you so much for joining us this morning and for educating us about Shark Savers.
1: Oh, thank you for hap- having me. I-, I really appreciate the opportunity, and uh, I appreciate your listeners for uh, for taking the time to learn more about this. It's uh, uh, really really uh, appreciate the opportunity.
0: And we'll have to have you back again soon to talk about other issues related to sharks as well as the ocean. So thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Take care. And again, you can check them out at sharksavers.org. Please call Governor Jerry Brown and uh, make sure he signs that bill. We'll be back in just a couple minutes with more Justice or Just Us, so please stick around.